This podcast has explicit content. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. Slowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at SlowridePod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 322nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis. This is Kate Wagner in Chicago. Oh, wow. Yeah, we totally didn't cover that in the green room, but we're absolutely thrilled to have uh, Kate Wagner here, known mostly uh, as McMansion Hell on Twitter. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And on McMansionHell.com, the website. (laughs) Yeah, probably one of the coolest websites if you're into... breakdowns of architecture now while we have talked countless times on this podcast about the boston city hall i promised people we wouldn't talk too much about the greatest piece of architecture in (laughs) north america um and the shout outs to the mayor's cup criterium race that used to go around the the enormous plaza of boston city hall but i um, would totally ride that (laughs) so you're really into bikes and really into architecture and Apparently, really, really into Primos Roglic, Lotto Yumbo Visma, and um, Bianchi bikes. Yep, guilty, <laughs> absolutely guilty. So yeah, <laughs> we have a championship belt that passes around on the podcast over the course I don't know of a couple hundred episodes, and currently, um, the championship belt is with Primos Roglic. We awarded it, I think, last week after his dominating Vuelta win. Um, does that further seal up your uh, your excitement for Roglic? <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course. It's impossible for me to not be like mad excited about Roglic, man. Like every time, I'm like so bummed about the off season. It's like God, what am I? So, my life is empty now. <laughs> so, what was the best part about Roglic's year? Was it winning the Vuelta or was it? Oh, pipping yeah, no, uh, it, it Philippe at the line. It, dude, it was so Liege Fest on Liege was like that was like one of the greatest days of my life because like that night before like 1 a.m. like Trump got COVID mm-hmm. and like I was just like partying and then like into like we start like I was like up all night like excited about Trump getting COVID and then like I was up like the next morning at like 6 a.m. to watch Liege Best on Liege and like when when it came in that like Philippe had just like you know fucked himself basically sorry uh was like <laughs> And at the line, he just, like, celebrated way too early. Uh, and it was actually Roglic. And this is, of course, like, right, you know, after Roglic lost the tour and, like, bonked it on Worlds. And so it was, like, oh, it was so great. And I, I was, like, hysterical in my living room because, like, my husband was watching with me because he's also a cyclist. And he was, like, he was like, I don't know who won that. He's, like, I think Roglic won it. And I was, like, no, no, dude, it was totally out of belief. And then, and then there's, like, this, like, the, the cameraman just, like, pans and, like, you see, like, Primoz Roglic, like, leaning over his bike, and he's just, like, fucking giggling, like, to himself. And I was like, oh, my God, he did it, didn't he? Like, he did it. <laughs> and then he, he did it. it. <laughs> and and I just, like, was, like, shit. I was, like, hollering in my living room, just, like, <gasps> So, 
It was so, I was laughing so hard. The picture is so funny. <laughs> okay, can you power rank your Yumbo Visma favorite riders for us? Uh, well, yeah, it's of course like Roglic is first, and then yeah. Wow. But actually, they're really tied. I like really? Wow was the first rider that I got like into when I was like like in Yumbo Visma because like he like was just like killing it all the time. And then Roglic, like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Primoz Roglic. Like, he's really good. But then I got more and more into Roglic as time went on and the tour went on. And, so, like, so Roglic. Like, wow. Wow. Pretty close. I'd probably, probably say Sep third. Sep? It's like American wow. Amer- American yeah. bias there. Yeah. No, then I, I would I still say probably Haysink. Haysink? And you don't, no, no Christwick? Wow. Christwick? Come on, man. Oh, fuck, I forgot Dumo. Oh, my God, no, Dumo's third, for sure. <laughs> fuck's up, sorry. Okay, next, uh, uh, have you heard of Matthew Vanderpool? Oh, yeah, that guy? Sure, sure, why not? Totally have never heard of that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. I just had, like, a three-hour conversation about Matthew Vanderpool the other day, actually. I, and like, I'm sure it was amazing, and you're going the whole time going, man, I should not be a fan of Wout Van Art because... There's the, the, the specter of Matthew Vanderpool coming over the horizon where he's just going to dominate Wout for the next six years. I don't know about that. I feel like, I don't know, the relationship between Wout and Matthew Vanderpool like, fascinates me to basically like no end. <laughs> uh, like There's like two relationships in cycling that fascinate me like to the point of just like complete and total titillation. And the first is, of course, Wout and Matthew. And the second, of course, is Roglic and, and Taddy Pogaccia. But, like, so with Wout and Matthew, though, like, the psychology of that is just so fascinating because, like, these guys have, like, known each other since they were kids. And it's basically, like, it's actually quite romantic if you think about it because, like, they're basically doomed forever to, like, torture each other. Which, like, I'm sorry, that's some, like, Byronic shit. Like, uh, and also just, like, I mean... Matthew has this whole thing with his dad and like his dad's like Matthew you're so good but you like don't listen to my advice and Matthew's like that's right I don't like and sometimes he races like an idiot yeah a lot of times uh, and and so it's like because Adrian Vanderpool is such a great tactician as a cyclist and Matthew is kind of pig-headed meanwhile like Wout is like a little bit smarter and a little sneakier and a little more patient and so it's like I think that in some ways like Matthew can beat out Wout in pure strength but I think that Wout can still beat out Matthew in terms of strategy. Though, after Ronde von Vlaanderen, I was like, I don't know about that. Because Matthew really fucked with Wout at the end there. Uh, <laughs> just like, okay. I, I was I, watching, we were watching that. And I told my husband, I was like, yeah, I, I used to have a cat that like caught mice. And was really good at it. But like when this cat caught mice, like he would torture them. Like just like swat them around, bat them around. Like play with them and play with them for okay. hours before he made for, went for the kill. And that final sprint... Like, that's what it was like. It was like watching that cat just absolutely, like, kill yeah. this mouse yeah. in the most long, torturous way possible. I got a question for you. There's going to be so many okay. questions. Keep running with yeah. this. Um, are you okay with Yumbo Visma um, not riding Bianchi next year? Because yeah. I feel like Bianchi is part of your, part of the identity. Of, of Can I talk cycling. about that for a second? Like about talk Bianchi. about whatever you want. <laughs> okay, because like okay, so like people like why Bianchi, right? And the answer is it's not not Yumbo Visma. It's not that's not the answer. But the answer was back when I was in Baltimore. Like okay, first of all, like something about me is like I didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was eighteen. Like I was in college because I just like never had a reason to ride a bike. Uh, I lived in like the middle of nowhere in North Carolina, and it was like everything you need a car for everything. There's no reason to have a bike. So, anyways, I didn't get a bike until I lived in like a college town and needed to go to work on time. And so, uh, 
back, I just had like shitty beater bikes like forever. And then when I moved to Baltimore, I had this cool roommate who was really cool. Like he like worked as a soap maker and like roasted coffee in his spare time. Like peak cool guy. <laughs> he had like 50 Baltimore Orioles t-shirts. This guy is cool as shit. He like- Sounds quit, amazing. He quit making soap to go like run a coffee shop for hang gliders in Tennessee. Like this guy is like cool. Did he and make anyways, fiddle sticks like, too? Dude, he probably did. He, like, was so cool, like, and he had the coolest cool guy bike ever, which was a Bianchi fixed gear that was, like, it was, like, when Bianchi was doing, like, red bikes and they had, like, the rainbow bands, like, around the logo, like, it, that, that bike was so cool, and he had, like, the, the foot the foot straps in there, he didn't, like, wear clipless, and that was, like, the coolest cool guy bike I'd ever seen, and so he was, like, he had this, like, really deep kind of, like, folksy voice, he was, like, yeah, it's all about Bianchi, dude, and then I was, like, that's right, it is all, I was, like, I need a Bianchi, <laughs> See, I have a custom, like, listeners can't see it, but I have my custom uh, made Celeste Blue stem for my Bianchi track bike that we used to race on the track because um, we were all, I, I was always a Bianchi fan because of the color. Like, that's yeah, why I, I really love it. Got that's into my it. favorite color, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so are you okay with, Lada, with Jumbo Visma not being on <laughs> Bianchi next year? Because here's the thing I... so blue is great, but it looks horrible with yellow. And. Yeah. That's the best part. At one time, there was like the the Alicio Bianchi team, right, little guy? Alicio yeah. Bianchi. Yeah. How, yeah, yeah. How many years ago was that? It's fifteen. I don't know. Some, oh yeah, something like that. A long time. Yeah. Yeah. Our, the memory is deep. So yeah. All right. Who's well, on Bianchi next year? I don't. Uh, Mitchelton Scott. Really? You think they'll exist? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> How are they going to? It's make Mitchelton that? Green Edge now. They're going to be Green Edge again. Ah, Maybe they can become wow. Celeste yeah. Edge, and it kind of. Yeah, together. I know. Right, right, right. I think the clashing was the best. But Yeah, I actually like the clashing. But anyways, like, I think that, like, well, I know that Tom Dumoulin hates Cervello. So that'll be fun. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, he had his like, son huh? Yeah. yeah, he hates them. And, like, he was, like, not quiet about it. And I don't know. Did you guys see that pic of WoW that was leaked that had him riding the Cervello? And he just looked, like, yeah. huge draped over that bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and it's the bike like was like okay looking in fact like actually the cycling discord i'm in gotten a huge argument about whether or not that bike was ugly and i said that it was not ugly but like it wasn't as good as a bianchi ultra because nothing is so is uh it... so yeah we'll see i don't know little guy wow on the uh wow on that cervello right what's he gonna race for cyclocross steven he's still again? gonna race bianchi yeah, I mean, he's still going to race Bianchi. Bianchi. Yeah, for a little bit. He's got okay. a separate contract, I think, with them. Correct me if I'm wrong, to produce and to like design that cyclocross bike, that frame that they just released oh. this past year. So I, I think know. that he has to stick with them for because also Cervella doesn't make a cross bike, and I don't think they ever will. Like, <laughs> he's going to have to ride that gra- gravel bike. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I do like start. when g- g- riders are on teams that don't make. Like with a bike sponsor that doesn't make a cross bike, and then they do have to show up on the, the rebadged, very yeah. obvious. It's usually a Stevens. For some reason, it seems to be the cheapest, quickest thing is to repaint a Stevens in Europe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like ambivalent because I also like the my Cervelo time trial bike was the bike that got me into cycling like more seriously. So like I have like a special place in my heart, but also I kind of like don't tell anyone, but I kind of hate that bike. Like it is, yeah, we, I can we'll see what, what I can see where I can see where Tom Dumoulin is coming from. Like that bike is <laughs> finicky and it's twitchy. And like, if you like don't behave the right way when riding it, it'll just like fuck up. <laughs> like, Wait, so why, why so, was the time show bike? The, the, why, why did you go from, from wanting a cool 
Kobianki fixed gear. Why then? Why? Oh, I just didn't have a bike. Okay, so this is the story. So this is the story. So like, I didn't have a bike. Like every bike I'd gotten in my life had gotten stolen, and was either like it was under a hundred dollars and had gotten stolen, Mm -hmm. like Craigslist bikes. Yeah. And so like after like I moved to DC from Baltimore for a year, which was miserable. Uh, like I just rode jump bikes, e bikes, uh, when I needed a bike. Uh, I mostly just rode transit. I don't drive. I don't have a car. I don't have a license. Uh, and so anyways, but my husband is a cyclist and his parents are cyclists. They're like long distance endurance tour, touring cyclists who like have went across the country. They're both ex-engineers. My, my father-in-law is like patenting his own like new design for a recumbent bike. And he's like, oh, pretty, he's cool. pretty, <laughs> that's like peak retired engineer shit, right? Yeah, Tinkerer yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. He's like really far. Time out. Good. Does he have a beard? He does not actually. Oh, I know. Defying the stereotype. Yeah. But okay, anyways, sorry. he's like, so like. I want to know more about this bike. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. It's he's calling it the G four bike. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, once he patents it, it'll be really cool. He's actually pretty far along in the process too, and it looks like he's gonna get a patent. So that'll be That's cool. That's really cool. Anyway, so he's got like these rich triathlete friends who are like just like one's like a lawyer and the other's like a retired orthodontist. That's why we call it the dentist bike. Anyways, uh, so we, so they like are just like, oh, we're downsizing and like we're gonna get rid of these two bikes. Like, do you want them? And they had the two bikes they were getting rid of were the Cervelo time trial bike, which like had barely ever been used, mm-hmm. and the Trek T fifty two hundred carbon frame bike from like two thousand two or so. They're both from like two thousand three. Uh, and so they were like, yeah, do you want these? And my father was like, oh yeah, I have like a bunch of like kids and their in-laws. Like I want, I'll take them. And then he sent a picture to like, to Steven and he was like, do you want these bikes? And Steven was like, oh, I want that Trek. And he's like, I don't know about that other one. And I was like, dude, that's a Cervelo, like a Cervelo. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, I don't know what that is. Like. I like only it's like he's like the world stops for him at like Trek and Cannondale and that's it and maybe Bianchi like the guy like grew up during the Lance era it's like it's Trek and Cannondale like peak like American cycling brain and so anyways like so they gave me so he was gonna get both bikes originally but the time trial bike like the frame size like fit me just about so I took it and then I was like I rode that I we were really drunk uh we went on a picnic and we had like crab we were eating like crabs uh, like smashing open crabs and stuff and like drinking beer when we got the bikes and Steven's like oh let's go for a bike ride that's my husband and I was like okay and we went and that bike was so fast like I had never had a nice bike ever in my life not once right. and that bike was so fast and I was like so out of shape that we went up like this like little steep little hill and I like was like I like went like got off the bike leaned over to the side of the road and just like everywhere and I like my head's in between my knees and I'm like, I got to become a cyclist. Like, I got to do right. I was like, I was like, I got to do right by this thing. Like, uh-huh. like, I can't own something like this and suck shit at riding a bike. Like, that's illegal. Like, and that's when I decided I was going to get serious about riding bikes. And then we moved to Chicago and it became really easy to get serious about riding bikes. And so I went from not being able to ride like four miles without like getting absolutely winded to like doing a metric century in four weeks. Nice. So on the TT bike. On the CT bike, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Actually, when I when I moved to Chicago, I had the best luck ever, right? Which I had some some money left over from my savings from moving, and I like found online like there's this place called the Recyclery, which like you know fixes up old yeah. bikes for new, and they had a steel frame Bianchi road bike 
from 2000 for like 500 bucks. Uh, and so, and I checked the frame size and the frame is a 53 centimeter and that's like, you know, a hard frame to find because small people snatch up all the bikes and I'm small. Yeah, and do. so I was like, I'm just going to PayPal them and be like, yeah, I'll take this. And I went up and it was the, and that was the first bike that I had that actually fit because the Cervella like fits legally. But if I ride it for more than like an hour and a half, <laughs> like my left knee will just like, I had to get like a shorter stem put on it. And like the guys who fit the bike, they were like, this bike's never truly going to fit you. Like we can change the stem. We can like change the cranks, but like, you're not going to be able to like really efficiently ride like a time trial on this. And I was like, yeah, I just want to ride it on my trainer. And they were like, okay. <laughs> uh, and I was, I was like, it was free. Like, and it looks cool and it is cool. You know, I'll put up with it. But eventually, I will probably sell that to get an actual like time trial bike that fits, uh, which I'll probably get a Trek actually. So we've got tons of emails and listener questions coming through from a variety of folks: Ethan Gladding, Taylor Jones, um, Bill Shiken, uh Travis Harrett, a ton. So every now and then, I'm just going to like chime in with some various ones just to uh, keep this. Hi, Bill. Even... Sorry. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So first from Bill. Uh, since we've established that Kate will be proudly wearing her Jumbo Visma kit in all sorts of rides, I want to gauge her true level of commitment. When the weather turns, will she be complimenting the yellow-black colorway with a red vest and or green arm warmers to get the full Roglitch Ninja Turtle <laughs> oh experience? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bill and DC, P.S. Gant was safe. Oh, my God. Which- I, I have it even worse. Like, here's, like, the worst thing is that, like, I have, like, uh, the gilet, which actually... Uh, is like still in a I just I actually just got it delivered today it's still in a box um I ordered the gilet and I ordered it like three months ago like it's just like that shit all comes from Europe so it takes a long time but I have red leg warmers and uh and I have I have like rainbow colored not rainbow bands colored but actual rainbow colored arm warmers and I have I have like gone out like wearing like yumbo kit because like my yumbo jacket is actually just the warmest cycling jacket I have because it's like a full thermal jacket and the, and the, um, cause that stuff's like pro team stuff. Like the rest of the stuff I have is not. And so like that stuff actually is like really warm. Uh, like that winter kit is really, really warm. <laughs> and actually I finally got like a, a winter jacket from like the racing team that I'm actually on. So I can like what actually. What racing team are you on? Oh, I'm on triple X Atletico. Yeah. No. Guess yeah. who used to be on triple X Atletico. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I almost left that one burning in a fire when I left in 2005. Um, yeah, was, and then one of the. The head folks at Triple X Forever is a good friend of ours, uh, Luke from Roller Derby, and uh, Luke has been one of the longtime members of Triple X, almost back to the time when Triple X had at least one or two couriers on the team. Um, oh, let's keep this going. Travis uh, chimes in with a ton of architecture questions. This oh, one yeah. was kind of hit me in the heart just a little bit. He wants to know: Is Orlando the epicenter or just the hell mouth of McMansion Hell? Okay, so, like, the actual, like, McMansion Hell uh, that is, like, you know, the ninth circle of McMansion Hell is actually, like, Georgia? Suburb- suburban Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Na- like, Naperville, Illinois. Yeah. Like, if you want to ever see some just, like, insane, like, coked out McMansions, like, the Illinois suburbs will always deliver, and they will deliver with a passion. <laughs> like, I have seen some of the most absolutely insane houses. Like, even just, like, on my bike, like, not even looking up for McMansion Hell, like, on real estate listings. Just, like riding my bike like going off of like north branch trail like (laughs) up into like northbrook like i mean there's just some absolutely bonkers houses that are just i mean it's just like i feel like i'm getting like a secondary cocaine high just looking at them (laughs) like 
Like I'm talking like mirrored everything in the like yeah. mirrored walls in the bathrooms. Like I mean, just like you need like overstuffed like chintz sofas, like pink carpet. I mean, we're talking like just like the '80s vomited all over there, and mm-hmm. everyone was just like doing like Tom Bonin levels of coke. <laughs> Like <laughs> nice. Sorry, sorry. Oh, um, sorry, sensitive, yeah. sensitive subject here. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, no. We're no, we're good, huge uh... Tom we're we're huge Tom Boonin fans on Coke. <laughs> he's, he's great when he was huge on Tom Boonin on Coke fans. Yeah, yeah. Um is there a special place in hell for those that paint brick? Uh I think that uh so like okay, this is a like a mixed question. For like aesthetic purposes, I'd say yes. But also, like, some brick is just actually shit, and painting helps, like, keep it together, basically. Okay. Uh, like, some brick is, like, overly porous, and, like, painting helps keeps it sealed. So, uh, in some cases, like, painting is actually beneficial for that kind of brick. Uh, but in terms of just, like, painting brick, I would recommend against doing it because the maintenance is much higher than the brick itself. Okay. Yes. And should sunken living rooms come back? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, next question. Good Since call. you're a cycling fan, I always hate it um, because uh, people yell at the window, hey, get off the road, Lance. So when people hear that you're an architecture critic, do they just come up to you and ask you about Frank Lloyd Wright? Oh, it's funny because <laughs> like, I live in like the epicenter of Frank Lloyd Wright. And so I've actually just like gone around biking. Like There's a bunch of like pictures of me like in front of Frank Lloyd Wright houses on my like stupid bikes. And... Uh, yeah, so I think that, I mean, people don't ask me about Frank Lloyd Wright that much. Uh, I have some things to say about Frank Lloyd Wright, but actually, like, I mean, I think people expect me to have, like, a hot take on him. But actually, I like Frank Lloyd Wright a lot, and I enjoy looking at his houses whenever possible. And do I think he's overhyped? I think, you know, all architects are overhyped to some extent. Uh, I think architecture <laughs> is overhyped. I think it takes itself too seriously. And Frank Lloyd Wright was really the king of that, yes. of taking himself too seriously. So... Uh, yeah, but as far as the buildings go, like, I never was in a Frank Lloyd Wright building where I was like, oh, I don't like this. I mean, they're, they're gorgeous, and everything is so meticulously detailed, and You've never fastidious. been to Lakeland, Florida. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I've driven, I've driven by there, uh, that, the, that, that's, okay, okay, like, I'm talking about, like, not late right, because late right is a disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that, like, that right past, campus. like, 1930 is, like, no, no, no. The, there's this that college campus for listeners in Lake, Lakeland, Florida. They really live it up that it's a Frank Lloyd Wright. And it's bad. It's you know, like Woody Wright. Um, Ethan Gladding wants to know um, how the absolutely talentless Michael Graves fooled anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think he went to I think he went to an, uh, he went to Princeton. I think or either Princeton or Harvard or Yale or one of the three. I don't actually remember. I like. Michael Graves is like what my my take about Michael Michael Graves is that he was a really talented industrial designer and like a C minus architect. He was a he was a, some... B, he was a B plus illustrator though. Like his drawings are really wonderful uh, and fanciful, okay. but the buildings are just like every Michael Graves building I've been to. Like it's funny. Like Michael Graves is one of those guys who peaked young architecture wise. Like the Portland building was his like funniest and best building. And then everything he did after that was just like kind of like shitty Disneyfied postmodernism. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hey, time out. <laughs> have you ever been to Celebration, Florida? No, have you ever have. been? Oh yeah. Oh, have cool, you ever been course. to the Dolphin and the Swan? Okay, is... I stayed in the Dolphin and the Swan when I was yeah. in the third grade. Yeah, oh, well, oh, okay. that's why you're on the podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> the Dolphin came and the Swan is me. actually good though. Like, like because like <laughs> when 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 it's Grace was designing located. for Disney, he was good at it. Like, because he, like, he had Disney brain. 
But when he was oh, designing yeah. for things that were not Disney, he brought like <laughs> dumb Disney characteristics to like those projects. And I'm like, bro, that's a tower for a life insurance company. Like, this is like the least Disney shit possible. Like, you're not having like Mickey Mouse like talking about life insurance here, I man. Was, like, yeah. it's not even meant life. There's not even like a cartoon dog involved. Like, no cartoons. <laughs> Little guy uh, once came to visit me in here in Florida just once. Um, I, no. I, you should come back down again, little guy. We drove all the way to Celebration, um, so we could go see the. That's the one we went to. Okay. Yeah, it was like there's a Caesar Pelly. Celebration that's is just so like, funny. and then there's yeah. a Michael Graves. There's all just a bunch of uh, nastiness. Caesar Pelly is like secretly Caesar Pelly. He's secretly a great architect. Caesar Pelly. He's left his his he's mark good. on like pretty much every major American city around the country. Minneapolis. Like, we have a lot circa of circa nineteen eighty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of it here. It's it's yeah. They're nice spaces. Chicago to be too. Cleveland. Key Bank. Key Tower. Yeah, like so indelible. And you know it's a Pelly when you look at it. It's like oh, is it for BB and T? Is it for like a bank? Then yeah, it's a Pelly Tower. Was it was it made like from nineteen eighty three to like two thousand seven? Yeah, it's a Pelly Tower. Like are there little square windows? Yep, Pelly. You know. Little guys got um little guy got me into architecture because when we were bike messengers, um I would always go in the Barnes and Noble and look for like some dumb cycling magazine that's ghost written by, you know, three people in the UK. And the little guy would always be over in the corner reading the architecture magazines. Um it was always uh fun to discuss. But um obviously uh do do you wanna uh Kate, do you wanna go through some of the silly season of cycling pro cycling with us? Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. So I'll um I'll throw it to little guy and then we'll hear uh and then Kate uh you guys uh, tell me if this team is on the up or the down based on what I tell you. Okay. Team okay. Ineos, Team Ineos <laughs> still has not sa- signed Ta- Tao Gegenhart, Kiwakowski, and Filippo Ghana. Is that a cause of concern that Ineos for twenty twenty one? Yeah. Wow. Their bank account's gonna really hurt. Are they like open? To, are they like are they are they job hunting right now? Is that like the well, do they do they have agents? Because like yeah. I mean, but Ineos pays the best, don't they? Because they have the most money. So you would hmm. think maybe yeah, they're I know. just like I think they're just creating suspense. I, I mean, are they going to go to Movistar? I mean, that's the only other money <laughs> option. <laughs> Wait, you have to okay choose See, the one. The idea of Filippo Ganna at Movistar is like the funniest shit ever. Holy crap! Okay, so so ahead. you have to choose one. Do you want Tao Gegenhart to start? Like, let's say you're you're coming up with a new team. Right, okay. like you're starting. Yeah. Do you want do you want the foundation to be Tao, Tao Gegenhart, or do you want mm-hmm. it to be Filippo Ghana? Which that one? depends. Like, what are we writing here? What are, are we going to be like Alpes and Phoenix? Are we going to be like Jumbo Visma? Like, I don't know. Oh wow, wow. <laughs> Big okay, you just Big got question. the 20th Pro Tour license. You decide which one do you want. Uh, I'm assuming you don't want Kiwakowski. I want I want Kiwakowski. Yeah, want Ki- I, I'm gonna call it. Kiwakowski's awesome, but you don't build a team around him. No, you no, can no. build a team around Gegenhart and Ghana. That would be decent. Oh, well, actually, you know what? I do want Ghana. I want Ghana because he didn't beef it in the mountains in the Giro. He fucking stayed up there in the mountains in the Giro. And Rowan Dennis, too. Like, I was like, like in, that, in the Stelvio, I was like, is it Rowan Dennis? Like, what is he doing up there? Like, well, he's not, he's not on a Merida bike anymore, so everything's <laughs> um, Little guy, which one do you want? Ghana or Gegenhart? I mean, I guess I want Gegenhardt just because time trials. I'm not a big fan. I like time well, trials. Well, Gegenhardt's a... I, you own a time trial bike. Grand so Tour I mean, winner. It's, it's clear. <laughs> I almost um, bought a time okay. trial bike once, but it had a 650 front, and and the deal didn't go through. So, it, you know, it, 
It's okay. I couldn't have ridden it. It's in a, the time, time trial bikes are okay. They look cooler than they are. Uh, they um, they got to be sillier. <laughs> oh, yeah. This time trial talk <laughs> is already putting me to sleep. Okay, I'm going to okay, keep okay. this show on the road. Team EF. Yeah. Michael Valgren is in. Okay. Michael Woods is out. No! And they have not signed Mitch Docker yet. Dude, they're Are going you down. buying or selling Team EF I'm selling. Right now? I'm selling. I want Woods. Woodsy. He's going to yeah. Israel. Um... He's going to I know. he's going I know. to Israel Startup Nation, which is now okay. So buy or sell EF. You're selling Kate. Yeah. Look, are you buying this or what? <laughs> Valgren, I, come I, on, he's good for a top five somewhere. See, I just don't know if if he can be. You gotta resurrected. think about the support squad, though. You know. Yeah, I I hope Mitch Maybe, resigns. I mean, I hope Mitch should. resigns and just shows up at um, Unbound Gravel and uh, or Gravel <laughs> Unbound. I don't know. I got to mix up. Uh, goo? Yeah, Ugh. Ugh that would goo? be cool because we um, could meet him. What's it? Okay, is Israel Startup Nation is now the Florida of professional cycling <laughs> because they have brought in Chris Froome, Sepp Van Mark, Daryl Impey, Michael Woods does bring down their average age to 32, and uh, <laughs> Alex Dowsett had to beg and plead for his job back after he was a former hour record holder and he had an epic win in the Giro. Yeah. yeah. Is Israel Startup Nation just... Not understand I don't know what how, their strategy is. I think works. I feel like they like Israel Startup Nations is this. It's like we're gonna go buy like people that like guys like guys that people recognize, and we're gonna buy guys like Alex Dowsett who have like lots of YouTube followers. Is, it's like is, all publicity. Is there? Is well, it's kind of they're what gonna you do. try and they're gonna try and spin Woodsy into like being like Roglic too because he used to have run. Have you heard about like his VO two max? It's impressive. It's huge. Yeah, um, I have heard about this. In fact, I feel so, like my VO two max is like five. So Israel um, Startup Nation, is that just the English-speaking movie star at this point? Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm just waiting for those pictures of, like, do you think they're going to, like, you know, like, make, like, Chris Froome go to the Wailing Wall or something like that? Like, just go Oh, they definitely on. will. They definitely will. Oh, Christ. <laughs> that, that's going to be so funny. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, so. Speaking as to, a Jew. To like, get uh, <laughs> To get our in-depth conversation on where the professional replacing Peloton is, we're going to go to our on-the-ground correspondent, Michael Matthews, in this week's Supreme Lab. Hi, this is Dan from Nam, Namibia, not Vietnam, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, here we are in the Prem Lab. Um, first off, I'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, especially those who have decided to contribute to the Slow Ride podcast to keep us on the air. It costs a lot of money to, to bring you a podcast. You wouldn't believe the amount yeah. of money on the hosting space. And because of that, we'd like to thank each and every one of you that has donated some of your time and money to the podcast. Fine. So head on over to WideAnglePodium.com, learn about the family of shows. And if you like what you see, if you like what you hear, you can click Donate. And you can become a member and a supporter of the Wide Angle Podium. Definitely. We'd also really like to thank WillisKitchen.com for their delicious, delicious oat milk. Uh, if you haven't already, you should head over there. Check it out. Uh, they got a couple different kinds. Uh, they're all delicious. They're organic. They're good for you. But they're also, I'd say, some of the best tasting oat milk I've ever had. I know Tim agrees because he carries around in his pocket. In my jersey pocket for when I go to the coffee shop and I'm that guy. I'm like, hey, I want my Willow's oat milk in there. And then I get the little wooden 
spoon thing to stir yeah. it in. Oh, if you go head over to williskitchen.com, uh, use the code SLOWRIDE20, save yourself 20%, get some delicious oat milk, and you'll you'll be happy about it. It's really good. Little guy, what's your favorite use of Willa's oat milk? Uh, the standard everyday use around here is a glass of it for the little guy and in the oatmeal every morning. It's perfect. In the oatmeal. Nice. Awesome. I'd like to also congratulate our friends who today released their very own book called Becoming a Consummate Athlete. So major shout-outs to Peter and Molly of The Consummate Athlete, a fellow slow ride or fellow wide-angle podium show. And it's absolutely great to see. So you can head over to consummateathlete.com and you can find their book. It, they also have an ebook as well. And Becoming a Consummate Athlete is going to help you learn how and why to embrace your athletic identity and how that helps create healthy habits and the way to form a habit and make it stick. There's so much great stuff in here. There's tons of advice, training considerations. You want to check it out. Peter Gladsford is a endurance coach, kinesiologist, and his wife, Molly Hereford, is one of the best cycling journalists around. So you should check it out. Consummateathlete.com and find their book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete. Super awesome. I'm so happy to be the first show to like announce It's kind that. of a yin and yang between if you accidentally learned any training stuff from us, uh, go over there and learn the right things. So, you know, as opposed to the wrong things you've For definitely sure. picked up here through the years from us. <laughs> That's right. Congratulations are in order for Peter and Molly. And with that, let's get back to the show. Room body and uh, yeah, enjoy your star ride podcast. All right, and we're back, Kate. There is so much more uh, to discuss. I'm just going through this list. We have a bunch of questions. So, this one comes to us from Courtney Travis. Hi, slow ride. In honor of your guest hosts, which cyclist do you think? do you guys think are most likely to have an ugly McMansion either now or in the future, <laughs> not including Lance who probably no, already has seven is, of them. Yeah. Lance is valid in terms of McMansions. And that's Courtney Trezise. Thank you. Courtney. Oh, that's a good okay. question. Who's McMansion. A- so who do we know has a McMansion? Definitely Lance. Definitely George Hincapie. Cause yeah, you know, there's definitely. definitely some in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, who who wouldn't have a, a McMansion? So Sven Tuft is not going to have a McMansion. No, he probably Dan lives Craven, in a band. Docker, yeah, we, they're not. We saw we saw some during lockdown. We saw like uh, Stybar. Stybar seems to have live in a box, a modernist See, box. The thing the is that like all these cyclists are Europeans, and like yeah. there's unless except for except for the Brits, like there's not really any McMansions in Europe. Like all those guys. Have you seen like those pictures of like Tom Dumoulin like on his like Bianchi and his like tiny little like yeah like Netherlands apartment? Well, it's like his apartment's like smaller than mine. Like we did a whole like rough draft video uh, breakdown of all of the flexes of the Zoom because like in the peak pandemic when or shit we're in the peak pandemic, but in the very beginning of the pandemic when First everyone peak. was doing their flexes of their Zwift setups. And everyone would have their trophies. Vanderpool had his world championship uh, jerseys behind him. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. everything. Some of, Who is the house little guy that, like, up in the, the hills overlooking, like, the entire town? It was, oh, I was guessing. You know, the most, 
Yeah, guessing. He's guessing. Well, just... He has this like amazing balcony in Andorra, and he would he would bring his trainer out there and just have this view over the valley, like on top of a mountain, and it was a it was a serious flex. So I, I bet personality G, wise, G has a McMansion. G, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jared that's a, it's actually in his book. It's like page yeah. thirty-seven of, yeah. of his McMansion, first book. Is it says. What about TJ? <laughs> what about TJ? Oh, TJ would definitely have a McMansion. He's got, yeah. like, that, like, fast-living attitude, you know? <laughs> I forgot that he was just, like, around. Like, I forgot he about him. He resigned. He did. And he I know, resigned. but I he forgot about him. It's amazing. I know. You never saw him They once. never showed him on TV once. No, yeah, not at once. You never saw... And I was in the cycling chat, and, like, one of the guys was like, wait, is that, like, TJ Van Garderen? And I was like, is it? And he's like, <laughs> no, he's just... It's like, it's like, where? And he's like, oh, sorry, he's, the, the camera moved. Like, he's off screen again. <laughs> yeah. They were using him first. He he was he was I, blown up after hey, uh, K before the TV turned on. I don't think it's the real TJ because there's a <laughs> unanimous, no. I'm serious. It's kind of you know how people were saying there's an imposter. Uh, um, Melania, the body first double. lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe it wasn't the real TJ because when the writers wrote a unanimous letter protesting a race and TJ didn't, you know, like deflect and and uh, you know. <laughs> write his own opinion i was like that can't be the real tj i feel like um, tj is like the kind of guy who's really into ted talks like i don't know why i just like absolutely get that vibe like that's the vibe like that's the vibe i get you, from that haven't guy haven't you done a ted talk yeah i know yeah i don't know if you've seen mine but yeah it's kind of funny yeah actually was... like that was terrifying i'd never done any public speaking before and like that was my first public speaking gig and it was like just like getting pushed off the boat and being told like learn yeah. how to swim. That's a big first public speaking engagement. So is your I TED talk it. is TED talk um, your highest career achievement or was it being no. a ninety nine percent invisible? Neither. I gave the keynote uh, lecture <laughs> in criticism at Yale this year. That'll do. Oh that. hell yeah! Yeah. Did you so... go to that kick ass library that's there? No, it was over Zoom because of the pandemic. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. That library is a bit. Is that a con? No. Who who does? Oh, no. Oh yeah. No. Louis Con. Yeah. Yeah, but the hockey rink's the best. The Serenian, or however you Saranin. say it, I had a stroke. Serenian, yeah. Um, okay, that's that's awesome. Let's keep this show on the road. Um, right. So Quinn Simmons is back racing, um, and then uh, uh. oh, Chloe Digar got found out on Twitter. Um, yeah. That happened Did over Twitter. The week. No, Twitter is like okay. Here's my thing: is like I just like own it. Like you'll see me like liking like the dumbest tweets ever on Twitter, and it's fine because all those tweets are not problematic. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's I like, mean, you'll go into my Twitter likes, and it's like me liking like my friends' tweets that say like Wow, Van Art has a fat ass, which is true. Like, like that is like what I like on Twitter, or like, or just like funny like leftist politics tweets or whatever, like dunking on like Republicans or you know whatever, or like the alt right or whatever, so, you know, just like normal shit. But like, you know, like I don't like if there's like really like cancelable stuff. Like, I will like physically like like a tweet and unlike it just to know the person, let the person know that I liked it. But then unlike it, so it doesn't show up in my likes. Like, Chloe Dyer's got to get on that. I mean, she's got to get on not being, like, racist, sexist, transphobic, yeah. or whatever. She's got to get on That's that probably, first. But after that, that she's got to learn step? how to stealth-like, man. So, so, like, yeah. so, Kate, that's the first step, is to just not be... Yeah, racist no. transphobic or there was a good yeah. blog article that i retweeted yeah. today about this so yeah. but also like i don't know fuck her but like i can't believe she went to canyon sram of all places that's like the woke team they took the to woke team tram, took her like, i don't she has the she has the felt non-drive side drive side track bike 
that she's going to – or on the road too, right? Is she on the track? I don't even remember. Yeah, I, yeah. She's going to win the gold medal in Tokyo if she comes back. I hope she comes back. It would be really rad, and maybe she becomes a new person. But um, I hope Canyon Sram takes her to, like, the brainwashing factory or whatever that, like, my dad thinks exists. Thinks it's a, a Canyon Sram? Brain, brainwashing. No, no. My generally. dad thinks that like, like that, like I when I went to college, I got brainwashed into being like a leftist. Oh yeah. So like, well, yeah. The, that's they should the, just send Chloe to like the leftist brainwashing factory that totally is that, exists. Is that next door to the Canyon Factory in Germany? They're just yeah, like, yeah, there yeah, they go. yeah. But um, also, I mean, Quinn Simmons is the bigger dumbass. Like that's what I'm saying. Like because like I feel like here's my thing. I feel like that if Quinn Simmons didn't fuck up, like Chloe would have flown totally under the radar. Like I mean, Chloe's still <laughs> wrong. True. Like she needs to like. She needs to learn and like re-educate herself she on like how to not account. be. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. At least like if she's not going to change her way, she's got to at least learn how to cheat. The uh, thing is, I mean, she's a professional cyclist. I'm sure there's lots of problems. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got like, um, uh, I've got like, you know, I've got my like alt account where I just post like really awful cycling tweets, uh, uh-huh. which I won't, I won't re regale you with. So let's 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 keep this show on the road. Um, yeah. So. Kaha Ruol, one of our favorite teams on the podcast that invited us to ride in their team car at the Vuelta in mm. 2019. Days Unfortunately, before doping positive. Days before doping positive. Unfortunately, not enough listeners um, donated to our um, our, our non existent Patreon to fly us over there to ride in the team car. But we were really pushing to get in that team car, and they finally relented. They're now selling their bikes. They're sweet DeRosas. I would yeah, argue sweet. I would get one. So my question to you both, um, would you buy a pro team bike? Yeah. Sorry. Which pro team would you buy? And then, you know, how much are you willing to spend for that bike? Oh, okay. okay. I'm like a dumbass who just bought like a Bianchi Ultra XR3. So uh, I, which is sort of, it's not what they write on Yobo Visma because they have the XR4, which is like $11,000. And also they don't sell them to like normal people. Uh they, uh, but I bought like the one that they do sell to normal people that looks exactly the same, except for it's got a three instead of a four and it doesn't have the flat handlebars. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so anyways, like, yeah, I am that stupid. I saw the bike. I was like, that's, I look at that bike on the rack in my living room. And I'm like, that's the bike that's on TV. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so but also it's, it's, it's real. Yeah. I would totally buy a Kaya Raw bike. Like that, okay. those bikes are sick looking too. Like they're yeah. cool bikes. Like they're some of, they were some of the coolest bike looking bikes yes. in the Peloton. Except for the problem is I probably wouldn't buy one because, like, I'm short and all those guys are tall, so. Uh, like, have, you seen, the, have you seen Nairo Quintana? You could buy, like, one Actually, of me and Caleb Ewan are the same height. Yeah. See, there and you we're go. Both, we're both of... sprinters, so, you know. Mm-hmm. There's tons of um, shorter riders in the Peloton. Little guy, what team bike would you buy? Would you buy? I wouldn't buy one because those bikes have been absolutely trashed. Hmm. I would just. Really? And they're, they're overpriced for the amount of. Yes. I like the DeRosa I may buy, but yeah, no, the DeRosa. I'm not buying a pro, I'm not buying a pro riders bike that they rode. Are you kidding? I, I would say what that. No, the 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 only thing we've seen of that team all year was them in the Gruppetto at the at the Volta. So we know they were yeah, pretty, that, pretty easily used. ridden. You know, it was pretty yeah. chill. Uh, we didn't we the didn't see them mixing it up in any sprints or anything. So we know none of them really got damaged or anything. So I I think they're safe. The Volta was right. good. My the Virtual so, was really good this year. I don't know which one I would buy. 
Maybe the AG2R Factor from a few years ago. That was a good-looking bike. Yeah, I just um, don't want any disc. I mean, that's you know, everybody knows. I'm, yeah, I'm a, I'm I don't want disc from, either. I'm well, okay, we have we have something we have something in common here about about this, which <laughs> okay. is that like I, disc I, bikes are for cyclocross, rim brakes are for. Are you um <laughs> you ever going to do cyclocross? That was a question that came to us. Oh from yeah, Michael I'm like I like uh, am taking lessons. Sweet, taking lessons. Yes. Cool. Next year, fingers uh, crossed, right? Yeah. I've been taking lessons in the park. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, awesome. So, um, so Yes, I hope to when things are not canceled. I have a gravel bike. Kate, I am new to becoming an architecture nerd, but looking into it a little bit more. Um, I would like to know two books I should read in architecture that my, my – this is Tim asking. This isn't me ghost reading for a listener. So my attention span is next to zero. I, I like AIA guides for cities. Mm-hmm. I buy all of those whenever I go to a city. Uh-huh. What's a cool architecture book that isn't by a Caborcier or whatever the hell his name was? Uh, that's funny. Uh, so uh, I recommend anything by Vincent Scully, but particularly American Architecture and Urbanism, which the chapters are bite-sized, and he's kind of a funny guy, so it, it works really well. Uh, and Vincent like, Scully? Yeah. Like the, wow. Yeah, no, different guy, but same, okay. same, also great, also great. So okay. uh, I would also recommend this cool book called Houses Without Names, which is about uh, every kind of house there is that isn't famous, like just like normal houses that you see and like how they change over time. Uh, and then since we're talking about this, a third cool book is uh, How Buildings Learn by Stuart Brand. That's a really fun book, which is about how buildings change over time and adapt to different circumstances. Awesome. Thank you Those for that. Three. Yeah. Okay, and then in exchange, I'm going to list off three bike books. I want to know if you've read these because I highly recommend them. <laughs> is the first one what? The Rider? No, the first one is not The Rider. <laughs> which I, you're I just read already. The Rider, which I liked. Did you like it? I, I love I, The Rider. Oh, I love it so much, actually. Like, I, I read it, and it was like, it's like, that's how I feel like when I'm on my bike. Like, that's what my brain is like, just like. There's a part in there where he talks about just, like, making up words that, like, yeah. don't exist, like, when he's on his bike and just, like, totally exhausted. I, like, empathize with that so much because, like, when I'm on my bike and I'm, like, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and, like, just, like, just trying to, like, you know, keep it together in, like, a brutal Chicago headwind or whatever. Like, I just, like, pick, like, a cyclist's name, like, especially ones that I, like, can't, like, really pronounce. The last time I did this, it was, like, it was, like, Arnold, Arnold Jamar because uh, I'm watching the ah. Giro. And I was, like, he's okay, amazing. like... Just like yeah. over and over, Arna Demar. Is it Demar? Demare? Demar? And it's just like my, that's like all I can think about is like this one name. I wasn't even thinking about the guy, just like the name and like the syllables of the name because like that's all my like stupid peanut brain could focus on while my like <laughs> disgusting legs are just like want to like give out from underneath me. Where, and my body is sprints? just aching. Oh, right now on Zwift. I lost health insurance, oh, okay. so I'm not sprinting outside. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably a good plan. I've gotten um, the green jersey twice. Yeah. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the rider is not one of them. Uh, but you're in Chicago. Have you, yeah. have you have you read The Immortal Class? Oh, I know yet? you do. No, I haven't. Do you know what book I, this is? No, I got to read it, though. So, cause so it's The Immortal it. Class by Travis Cully. And he was a bike messenger in Chicago in like, 2000, like 99, 98, nice. 99, 2000. It has a bunch of mentions of like kind of Yojimbo's Garage. It's kind of like around the start of Triple X Racing. Um, oh, that's all cool. This. Oh, that's cool. But he got, yeah, but he got like, when this came out, it was a pr- fairly popular book. It's actually like, it really got me into like cycling because I hadn't yeah. read The Rider 
yet, but I had read um, the Immortal Class. And then I moved to Chicago, and my courier friends that knew this Travis Cully guy hated him. They're like, oh, that guy, like, it's all lies. Like, they're talking about <laughs> Tour to Chicago and all the old alley cat racing. Anyways, really great book. You should read that. Um, up next, uh, <laughs> my favorite book about professional racing that really ruined it for me is called Breaking the Chain by Willie Oh, I've read, I've read that. Yeah, yeah, I hated Amazing that. Amazing <laughs> book. And then, and then you can read The Secret Race by Tyler Hamilton, just as a, as a nice aperitif. Yeah, and then I to read really that see too. The, oh, to really see the descent oh. of it all is to read Descent with, um, uh, was it Decker? Decker's yeah. book that yeah. came out last year. So just a real decline. Wasn't that the book. book where he talks about like getting <laughs> prostitutes? Yeah. Yeah. It's that like, was, oh. that yeah. was fucking miserable. I yeah. was like, man, the Epo era was so dark. <laughs> It was. And so, like, did you read the? Did you read the like w- the Wall Street Journal ladies book about Lance too? Because like that was like I was the like Juliet, read the, the yeah, Juliet that was Mercure book. Yeah. so fucking yeah. dark. Like I didn't realize just yeah, how dark no. that shit was, but it was so. I mean, I was like shocked. <laughs> I was like, this is so sad. Like these guys' lives just like were destroyed, yeah. and their bodies were destroyed, and like Had the you... sport was just corrupt. Like awful. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. So those are. I mean, it's still when corrupt, I read... but. I read Breaking the Chain when I first started getting into racing because, like, the old timer was like, hey, you got to read Breaking the Chain if you think these guys are all not doping. (laughs) And then I read that and I was like, oh, man, this sport sucks. Um, And then, uh, obviously, the fifth one would be The World According to G by Garrett Thomas. You should totally check it out. It's an amazing book. Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, Mm -hmm. little guy, you got any books? R.I.P.G. Brilliant, Brilliant, I'm sure. No, I I was looking at all the cycling books I have, and they're all kind of crap. I feel like the writer should be like assigned reading in high school instead of like it's Why it's is it such a, a literary it's such it's just, a literary it's just a good book, book yeah. like the narration is really literary like the jumps are like the way that it mm. it's like I was like wow this is like a work of literature that I'm reading here about bikes like it should like, be a movie I, and then the week after I I read that book like I was writing and I started writing like that like like in that like those like short <laughs> sentences with like <laughs> the compactness of it now it was originally Belgian right. Yeah. Written in Belgian, so the translation. In, in Dutch, yeah. Um, do you guys want to do a uh, a draft? We got yeah. we got some time here. Do you guys want to yeah. do like a draft? So yeah. I want to draft something that's very important to me, and that's the world's worst cycling inventions, or AKA things no one needs in regards to cycling. Okay, um, go shoot. So so it will be round robin. I think we should go at least three deep if we can keep going after that, but um. So basically, you name it, and then we discuss if it's worth that that pick. But once it's off the table, it's off the table. Kate, you are the guest of honor. Thank you so much for coming on the Slow Ride Podcast. Um, you have the first pick. What do you have? The worst, the worst cycling. cycling inventions or things no one needs when it comes to bikes. Hmm. Let's see. Man, that's hard. There's so many things I feel like are so essential. I'm trying to think. Someone else go first. I need to jog my mind as okay. like the dumb shit. I, I have a list of fourteen, so don't worry. You're never right. going to take any of mine. Okay. You want to go, Tim? L- okay, yeah, you go first. I got one. You go I first. Got yeah. I'm going all jog my memory here. All right. Threaded the adapter that takes your bike from a threaded one-inch stem to a, a one. <laughs> Those are the most amazing things threadless. ever. That is my most hated thing in the world. So Just the, ride the quill stem adapter. Quill stem. You'll be fine. Uh, you're not that. You're not. Yeah. You're not that powerful. You're so, not that strong quick, as you think you are. 
I, I just, had one of those. I think you helped me put one on once, and you were so disgusted when we. No, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have helped. I would. And I, it lasted like a week, and then I had to take it off because I was so embarrassed riding something like a quill stem is beautiful. It looks mm-hmm. awesome, and then yeah, it's the vinyl side. Oh my of god! Bikes. Oh my god! Yeah. That's that is a that is a claim. That, um, that, that that's a good one, little guy. That that was not on my list. Um, Kate, I know you're jogging your memory here. I I will go first. My top pick um is twenty ounce water bottles. I really really hate the water bottles that are just or sorry twenty four ounce water bottles. The ones that have the extra bit of capacity. Really? There's only one size of water bottle that you need. It's the one that conveniently fits in the back of your jersey pocket. It's what they use in the professional peloton. It is just a water bottle. It doesn't need that extra. Four ounces at the top. It's hideous. It's disgusting. It doesn't exist. As someone who rides on Zwift, I have to disagree on that one. Because, like, I just put as big a water bottle as I can fit in there so I don't have to get up in my Keo cleats and eat shit on my wood floor. Like. Well, we could talk about those cleats in a minute. I hate those Um, cleats. Okay, yeah, that's my thing. I think Keo cleats suck. Like, speed play, fine. SPD, fine. Keo cleats, (laughs) I hate them. Like. Well, Kate. Here's my my rationale. Okay. Like, first of all, the pedals, like, they, like, unlike SPD pedals, like, which you can adjust and tighten and shit as they, like, loosen up over time, those Keo, those look pedals, like, once they're shot, they're plastic and they're shot and you have to get new ones. You can't, like, there's nothing you can, like, kind of adjust to tighten up or anything. It's just, like, yep. you have to throw them out, new, new look pedals. And then second of all, like, the key, the cleats, like, the, the freaking screws always come out of them. Just from like yeah. clipping and unclipping, you, like which is what you're supposed to do. That's what you do with clipless pedals. So, you clip and unclip. Like design so, flaws, massive design flaws. Sounds like they made yeah, the so perfect Kate, pedal um, to get your money. Okay, you you, you opened up this um, <laughs> yeah crevasse here. Uh, do you yeah. do you like French engineering? Do you like anything French? <laughs> I like French food a lot, actually. Okay, French well, men. Yeah, well. Um, you know, you know what else is French and equally amazing is, uh, our time pedals. You should really, really get some time pedals, some nice cafe (laughs) cleats. I would recommend time RXS if you can find them on eBay, or you can even go with the new, um, Expressos. They're fantastic. They look way better because, um, you did just take one off my list. I had every pedal that isn't a time pedal on here at the top. I had speed play. And then the second one I had was Crank Brothers. <laughs> Even though Crank Brothers look okay, they're just not time pedals. But I just like okay. I'm boring. I just like yeah. SPD because you can get <laughs> like terrible. SPD cleats and like you can get cleats that have treads on them. You can go to the freaking grocery yeah. store on your bike and not look yeah. like a doofus. Like, you know, walk like a penguin. No, I, I get that. I think that that's a yeah. a, a viable point. I uh, but you know don't discount the French. Hey, have you guys seen those look time trial bikes that are like totally illegal but like really insane looking? Yeah, and they have the integrated, um, they have that integrated stem that they've always had, which Dude, is really Luke cool. Dude, Luke needs to bring back that Mondrian shit. Amazing. Like, I don't know what they're doing with. Yeah, there like, you go. If, yes. Yeah, that oh, shit yeah. was cool. We totally yeah. agree on that. Um, on that. LG round two. Um, you got more here. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. Oversized handlebars. <laughs> also, you're not that strong. Where did oversized handlebars mean? come from? What was the point? I don't know. So one one <laughs> one person was that strong, and it. His name was Mario Cipollini. <laughs> I guess I'm not. I'm not against. No, I'm not. I'm not the. I'm not against the the bigger bars just as a concept for some people. But I think this is more specifically for like when we were racing and we'd be at like a Cat Three crit, and people would be telling me how how great their bars were that were 
were um, a centimeter bigger because oh, now whatever. they couldn't feel them flexing, and it just kind of felt like you couldn't actually feel it flexing before. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing to like um, get them to flex? Like, okay, I have one though. I have one. Okay, uh, uh, Kate, go ahead. Exactly. Cycling right. bras. Two. Stupid. It's just a sports bra. Like, you can get any sports bra. Like, one made out of Lycra, literally there's no performance difference. They don't hold your boobies any differently than, like, a normal sports bra made out of, like, normal polyester. Like, there's no, like... Yeah, they market it. No, they're just, like, it's marketed as a cycling bra. Like, you can get them at, like... You can get them, like, at... at, uh, What is it? Castelli? At Primal? Like, they sell them as, like, cycling-specific mm. bras, huh. but they're literally just sports bras, just like any other sports bra. And then they mark and, them up, because they're like... Yeah, and then they're, like, yeah, oh. and then they're like, really freaking expensive. It sounds like anything in the bike industry. Let's just, you know... Yeah. But are the Primal ones... Do the Primal ones have cool designs? I mean, they're yeah. not cool. Let me be okay. clear here. Like, they have designs on them, but, like, the Primal designs for women are never cool. I'm sorry to say. Uh, and this Kate. is this is such sexist shit no, about, like, new Primal. Old Primal, not the, not true. But, like, new Primal is just, like, stupid, like, yoga mom-looking swooshy bits yeah. and stuff. Like, meanwhile, like, the men have, like, still have, like, the cool tacky 90s, yeah, like, yeah. Grand Canyon postcard jerseys and stuff. Like, but the women, it's like, you get, like, like purple and blue, like, <laughs> swirly, yeah, yeah. like, Microsoft word circa 2007 like clip art like swirly designs <laughs> with butterflies and shit on them and it's like that's not what i want this looks like 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 marketing for like you know tampons you know i like i want the i want the men's jerseys so um kate we did see that you have a uh primal yeah. wear jersey we did a whole primal wear jersey draft I, do. I have a very cool primal wear jersey most popular episode of all time is our cycling is our primal wear cycling jersey draft we brought out all the heavy hitters that day, and I believe Little Guy did take the the gecko frog on the sea post that you were wearing the other day. Um, great look! Oh yeah, that's I, my favorite jersey. It's the good. Best one, I I still think sure. the um, that I what is it, like yeah. the frog so with the peace sign that's like the American flag frog psychedelic is always good. Um, oh yeah, so that many one's good cool. Ones. The frog ones are really cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. Had a lot of frog ones. It's true. They had real a real frog thing going on. Reminds yeah. me of watching like Steve Irwin on like the Animal Planet. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, since you jumped ahead of me, Kate, um, it's now my second. It's okay. Apology accepted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm gonna pick two here, but they're kind of together. I really don't like overpriced stuff where it doesn't need to be overpriced. So yeah. as an example, so. Draft pick two A is forty dollar bar tape. You should never in your mind ever pay forty dollars for bar tape. It is ridiculous. Twenty dollars you can get regular bar tape. You don't need twenty dollar bar tape. Why are you buying twenty dollar bar tape? That's one. Yeah. Two I got lizard skin as a gift and it's just sitting in my bike cabinet, ready to exactly. go on my Bianca. You have a bike cabinet. But I would too. never buy it for myself. Never. There you go, Kate. Friend of the pod already. This is so this amazing. Is okay. Um, I love King Cages. King Cage <laughs> makes the best water bottle cages in the world. They have a $60 titanium cage mm-hmm. that comes in at 28 grams. And they have a $20 steel cage that comes in at 48 grams. Is it really worth $40 to save 20 grams? I don't think so. And it works just as good. And the best part is no one can tell the difference between the steel and the titanium when you look at it. So overpriced water bottle cages is another abomination. Oh, yeah. They threw in like a, like when I bought my Bianchi because it was like, you know, $3,000. They just threw in a live 
carbon bottle cage for me. So it's like, oh, I can be a weight weenie, but I didn't have to spend any money. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tim, I don't know how you're going to uh, yeah. make it on the weight weenie boards. Yeah, I got a Tegra instead of Durace. Gonna... Like, I'm canceled from the weight weenie perspective. That's but awesome. also that Bianchi was so – so that Bianchi was, like, originally, like, a $4,800 bike, uh, $5,000 bike uh, that I got for $3,100 because it was a floor model from 2019 that uh, – just happened to be my size, and it had rim brakes and didn't have DI2, which I... Oh, yeah, DI2. That's... Yeah, that's my next one. Sorry, go DI2. Okay, uh, Kate, uh, your last pick, DI2. Um, why DI2. do you not like DI2? If you're not a pro, like, what is the point? I'm sorry. Like, if you're not a pro and you're not riding a time trial bike, like, why do you need to shift that? Good, like, good. why do you need it to never miss, Because it never misfires, I guess. I don't know. I don't... Yeah. I used to have it. I liked it. I'm not going to lie. Like, it was... It was nice to have. It's, it's like disc brakes. It's like they're cool, but also you can like ride a perfectly wonderful bike without them. So disc brakes is on my list too. I'm not going to pick that one, but I'm sure a little guy. Mm-hmm. Wait, uh, hydraulic disc brakes or not? Any disc brakes. I think okay. they're ugly. Yeah, um, I, and I for years we were fine on rim brakes. Why do we need disc brakes? Okay. Well, like, like guess who, guess who sure. in the Tour de France yeah. rode rim brakes? Yeah. Primoz Roglic and Taddy Pagacha and nobody else. Yeah, rim brakes. So QED... <laughs> yeah. It was all rim brakes this year, all the um, Grand Tours. So, little guy, it was, what do you it was have a for your resounding rim, rim brake year? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Uh, D- DI2 definitely, since um, I've never had it, but that <laughs> time Spencer unplugged it before we started a race, and then I had to wait for him. We tried to figure out why his bike wouldn't shift. Uh, certainly sealed the <laughs> yeah, deal on me like, having it, electronic shift. You have to charge your bike. You might as well get an e bike. That's my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like tubeless, but I, I'm going to go with tubeless just because I kind of hate tubeless because um, I don't ever want to finish a race again and have somebody hand me the excuse that they burped it. And tubeless? that's why right, I beat them. That's, that's cool. I so haven't I'm seen much tubeless, tubeless on the road yet, obviously, but I've, I've yeah. ridden it on a mountain bike and cross. It was fine. But I did have a burp on me once. Um, just, do, you write, do you ride tubeless, Kate? That, yeah, no, that's I don't what ride everybody tubeless. says when have they're you ever ridden when they're tubular losing. tires yet. Uh, I ride tires with tubes. Okay. Um, but not when you tubular. race cyclocross, you're going to have to get some tubeless <laughs> yeah, tire, tubular know. tires, maybe? I don't know. Tubular, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, not yet. Okay, so my last pick. Um, is your <laughs> is your father-in-law going to listen to this podcast? It's perfect. No. Okay, good. Because he, he, he might be offended by oh, my, no, my third pick. Is it recumbent yeah. bikes? No, well, um, no. But it may be a thing that someone that's on a recumbent bike uses. Is it a flag? No, I like flags. We've we've little guy and I've talked about how we're having our kids design our our flags for when we have cargo bikes for the kids, and then nice. you can have a flag that the you know the kid can design like your coat of arms. So I'm okay with flags. Do you want to take another okay. guess at what a recumbent uh, rider may have? It's not a beard. Back pain. <laughs> no. Um, go, go ahead. Go ahead. It's 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 no. It's a the third eye eyeglass mirror thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, I, uh, my father-in-law definitely has one of those. Yeah, yeah. When you said a I felt kind of bad. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's mandatory with a recumbent. Wait, what do you think uh, about those bike radars? Is that useless? No, those are awesome. I okay, I have because cool. I want to get friends... one. I didn't want to get one if they were stupid, but I do. no, I have a, a friend that has the the Varia from Garmin, and then yeah. you can link your Garmin to it. So when I'm riding, I can see when a car is coming behind. It's absolutely amazing. Whoa, whoa. I also like. Wait, does it like let me just or something? What does clarify? It 
like beeps, you kind of get this little thing on the side that just lets you know that there's a car approaching. And then if a car is going really, really fast, it turns red. It doesn't like send a signal to the car or anything that you're on the road. It just gives you peace of mind so you don't always have to shoulder check. Because you know when you're like riding down a country road and you don't know yeah. if a car's coming, and then every now and then they come up on you and you're like, whoa, I didn't even know a car was coming because you're getting the zone. Yeah. You get a little yeah, beep. I'm in the zone all the time. So, yeah, totally. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and just to be watts. clear, I don't have a problem with people that have mirrors or whatever, especially on. Oh, yeah, like, I have a mirror t- just for like, yeah, on like, my like grocery bike because it. Yeah. Just like, riding in the city is terrifying. Where's your mirror, though? Is it on your handlebars? It's on the handlebars, yeah. Yeah. See, that's okay. It's integrated. To me, it's the, the whole <laughs> really? attachment that people put on their eyeglasses. Hmm. Okay. I did have one of these at one time. I'm not gonna you lie. Did? I did. I did wear one of these when I first started riding. I just, I don't know, man. Like, the, it's something you always see at a bike swap, and it's in oh, the yeah. dollar bin, and you're like, yeah, it's where it belongs. The yeah. um yeah. part of me that has been really into folding bikes and like homemade folding bikes lately, and and searching around for homemade folding bikes on the internet feels has a strange soft spot for helmet mirrors now. Though I don't own one, but it it does feel like it's where I'm headed. Unfortunately. I'll just admit yeah. it now before it happens. We'll see. Okay, it's okay. So. Well, that was a hell of a good draft. I probably did not win. Um, I, th- I think that oh, DI2 anyway. is probably going to take the, the cake for, <laughs> for most people because it's just not needed. Um, no, okay. Not. Kate, it's been absolutely joy having you on the Slow Ride Pod. Um, what is going on with your uh, professional life and what you have? I mean, by the way, congratulations on the keynote address at Yale. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that was pretty cool. You can watch that on YouTube. Uh, and so, yeah, so upcoming, I have a talk uh, at IIT on the on the 18th, um, which you can find on IIT's website. And so also I am... Working on some pieces for McMansion Hall, and I am working on. I also run a column. I'm the architecture critic at the New Republic, and my column comes out in every other print issue, so you can check it out. Um, so yeah, that's sort of what I have going on right now. And the yeah. best way for people to find you is McMansionHell.com and at McMansionHell on Twitter, right? Yeah, on most social media platforms. Yeah. Okay. Also, is your Instagram alive and well, just popping off with some good stuff? Uh, I don't actually update the McMansion Hill Instagram anymore because uh, it's got like a big spam problem in terms of like, I don't uh, know what's going on. But the because there's too many people that follow it and Instagram just like will just add that you have like a million followers or that you follow a million people that you don't follow. Hmm. Like it's really weird. So like it's totally bricked. So, but the <laughs> but like my Instagram is Kate G Wagner and you can okay. follow me there. And I'm always posting like dumb bike things in my stories. Uh, nice. And also, I draw a lot. I like to draw a lot, and so like you've probably seen my like drawings of cyclists, Mm -hmm. Uh, like my watercolor drawings of guys on time trial bikes, because I think time (laughs) trials are beautiful. Uh, As a lover, I was as a lover of form. Yeah, especially the human form. uh, Quick (laughs) guesstimate on how many Primos Roglic watercolors you've painted? Oh, at least five. How many of Wild Man Art? Uh, only one. Only I one thought you well. said that they were both even. Yeah, well, it's harder yeah. to draw. No, okay, so here, th- let me get on this I for a second, because, like, Primoz Roglic is the easiest person in the world to draw, because, like, drawing is just circles and angles. Like, actually, like, don't tell anyone, but, like, when you have, like, a face like Primoz Roglic, where he's, like, that, like, little peaky, like, button nose, 
and like those high cheekbones, like it's really easy to orient everything else around that from like different perspectives. And so like, he's actually just really easy to draw. Uh, also, because he just looks like an anime character. Um, he does. And, and Wout just has the hair? Like, you just focus on Wout is just, like, Wout is just kind of hard to draw in general, because, I don't angular. know. He's not as angular. No, he's kind of got, like, a, like, he's, his face is rounder. Uh, I mean, still handsome, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have, like, a, like I'm, like, in cycl- a cycling girls chat, and we have, like, an actual spreadsheet ranking, like, all the cyclists from, like, hottest to least hot. <laughs> And like, oh, I want access to this. <laughs> so yeah, it's bad. <laughs> so who who's on the top of the list? Oh, Roglic, duh. Roglic, like, yeah, yeah. Who's on the bottom of the list? Who's on the bottom of the list? Oh, actually, the bottom of the list is more of like an in joke, and uh, we just put like Fuglesong on there just to like be a dick. Because <laughs> oh, he was, he's, a, yeah, he's, he's a pretty handsome man. Come he's on. a handsome guy, but like he made all those like jokes about Sicily like during the Giro. Did you read yeah. those? Like his yeah. op-eds. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, he got, like, he got, like, punished. Uh, he got, we called it, we said he got relegated to the girls' chat bottom of the list for being racist against Italians. Um, so. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, actually, like, we don't think about who's the ugliest. It's, like, we're ranking, That's like, good. the, the guys who are, like, that. considered, considered, like, because I don't want to be ranked as, like, whether or not I'm yeah. hot. Uh, but, like, we, if we're objectifying, like, the cyclists, we're objectifying the ones that bring it on themselves. Is there, uh, like, a, like, a. <laughs> an emeritus list here like oh yeah of, Damian, of course Kuniga, like Kunigo is oh, the top yeah definitely also greg lamond uh there we even go you know yeah also pretty hot no, uh yeah. every guy greg lamond humiliated was also hot so like <laughs> yeah it's like that's true did all of like levy claire was like yeah babe central babe central like they just were i don't know eddie Merckx was a babe total babe Fuentes wow. was the, a the babe. The wing, the the endowed yeah, chairs yeah. Are, yeah. are amazing. Um, well, I think most for... cyclists are babes, honestly, including thanks my for... husband. Love you. Awesome. <laughs> Thank, thanks for good way to slide that in there at the end. <laughs> this is absolutely great. Um, okay. I have no other questions. Little guy, do you have any more for Kate? No, I think. I mean, you've you've, you've nailed it, Tim. You've you're always a completist. I'm always all over the place. Oh okay. well, I I. I well, thanks. So I do have one final question that came to us um, from Taylor. Taylor Jones wants to know, brutalism, the greatest or the greatest of all time? Dude, greatest of all time. <laughs> all right. And with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to the 322nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I'd like to thank all the members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to wideanglepodium.com to find out how to become a member of the channel. I'd like to thank Willa's Kitchen and their amazing oat milk. Head to willaskitchen.com and use the promo code SLOWRIDE20. And our good friends over at the Consummate Athlete and their brand new book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete. You can head over to consummateathlete.com to find out more. And with that, this is Tim in apparently not the open the McMansion hell, just the, the ninth level of McMansion hell, Orlando, Florida. Uh, this is Matt in Minneapolis, which I thought was pretty bad here until I read Kate's blog and I realized it's not that bad. We have tons of Caesar Pellies up there. There's a Philip I like, Johnson. Actually, I have a great fondness for Minneapolis. I think Minneapolis, out of all of the cities besides maybe Chicago, has like the cutest houses in the country. Yeah, I'll say so. I definitely live in the cutest house. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. 
theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at theslowridepod. Wide Angle Podium friends, join me, longtime cyclocross writer Molly Herford, and me, endurance coach Peter Glassford, on the Consummate Athlete Podcast. You'll learn about how the pros like Katarina Nash, Ellen Noble, and Magalie Rochette train, and hear the best advice from experts in exercise science, nutrition, and sports psych to crush your racing goals. We discuss topics like how to run for cyclocross training, if strength training will improve your cycling, how NASCAR can teach you how to corner smoother, and how to fuel for a long day at the races. Come hang out and learn how to live a happy, adventurous life. Subscribe to the Consummate Athlete Podcast and visit us online at consummateathlete.com.